0: You're very welcome to episode 28 of LOI Weekly, where we welcome the prodigal son back, Damien Lynch, and it's me, Johnny Ward, with Daniel MacDonald. And very shortly, Neil Horgan is going to join us on the phone to... Uh, pour cold water on my apparent cork bashing and so on and just discuss the possibility of win winning the league uh, on Friday night. And shortly after that, one of the best players to play arguably uh, in the league full stop this season, Ronan Murray, will talk to us about his travails at Go United and his plans for the future. And this is in association with Air Sport and Independent.ie and we're on Podcast Republic uh, Stitcher and SoundCloud, and you'll get us too on uh, iTunes and Snapchat. And uh, Demo, where have you been? Took a bit of a break.
1: Was off in France for a couple of weeks. Missed you lads. It's been a while.
2: You didn't miss us, Damo, did you? No, I didn't miss us. But you're
0: two weeks and you only listen to like half a podcast or something. While you I kind of switched off from the we- real world altogether. I haven't listened to too much. When you're on, there on wasn't holidays, wasn't much internet actually it was really
1: bad internet where it was which yeah which is a good thing
0: it actually oh, was a good yeah, thing, yeah once it's not there it's, you, yeah, got, you, you can't miss can't. it yeah, when yeah. you go on, so when you go on holidays do you try to ignore your phone try to get away from the news what's happening at home and just try to basically switch off
1: yeah leave the phone in the we were camping so leave the phone in the uh, in the car and uh, head off for the day and come back might check it later on in the evening switched off I was amazing switched off for full two weeks didn't really talk I to anyone and
2: just, I'd find that difficult to do I, I I'd need thought. to like download something to listen to or like read check the results on a Saturday
1: I checked it because it was the kickoff of the, like premiership the old days yeah. yeah check that um, but yeah it was just nice to switch off but away you, from the you work world.
0: for Google so you're kind of well immersed in the modern world do you find it hard to switch off from your phone and all that stuff yeah 100% yeah. but like this this is the only time of the year I
1: take two weeks where I don't actually check my email so that was how many emails when you came back
0: that was sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred, yeah. God. Deleted most of them. Dan, I find you I find it hard to believe you'd be able to switch off to that extent. No,
2: I'd struggle. I would struggle. But I mean if I go away, um generally I like going out of the time zone. Like, you know, if you're very close to home and it's like Friday night or something, you know there might be games on or something. And I find, yeah, there, yeah, well it's sort of in some strange way, but I mean like we went to Vietnam and Singapore there the year before last, so you're like you're like eight or nine hours ahead. So you might wake up in the morning or whatever and you you know, you know, catch up on everything that's happened in the previous almost sort of, you know, the previous night's football or whatever. And oh, I would download stuff and listen to it just to catch up. I mean, but not uh, not dramatically, not dramatically. So just enough to have an idea about what's going on. But sometimes like if you work in the media, you, you come back and you're expected to know everything that's happened in the previous couple of weeks. Like if there's a reference point, you're back on your first day and I say you're talking about a game and someone's like, oh, Ronan Murray, he's in good form and you're like well uh, what's well, your excuse well, when you're here what's he in good form there's no excuse <laughs> when I'm here no, I don't know that normally I just tune out completely yeah. but you sort of I find it very hard to, to really I think if you're involved in like trying to break news and be in that world um, it's hard to fully like disengage or should you be the same I
1: miss the uh, the whole debacle around Conor McGregor fight which I was happy about
0: I I, I kind of miss as well I just switched off but like uh, it, it's hard as a journalist as well if I, I was a latecomer to Twitter, for example, like, I'm, I'm not on Facebook, like but I couldn't not be on Twitter now. It's just, it's like, it's kind of like in Germany during the days of the Hitler Youth, if you were a child, you had to be in the party. It was as simple as that. It's like, you, social media dictates, if you're a journalist, you can't... Well, it's almost impossible, then not to be on social media. Well, Facebook.
2: I think if, you're, if your social media interaction is tied in with your work in any way, then, like, how do you... You just need to, like, delete the app completely. Yeah. You need to just erase it pop it away but like I I don't know sometimes it's just like it can be just relaxing just to like I mean Chris who's not here but like today but like you know Chris likes to listen to a couple of podcasts before bed if I'm away on holidays beside a pool or something like that you might pop the earphones in for an hour and it's yeah, probably wouldn't listen to this. The Please first prepare, time listen, I went to, to
0: something else. First time I went to Iran and my phone wouldn't work for anything. No WhatsApp, no coverage, no email, nothing and it was like such a revelation for a week. I literally there was no way I could actually do anything with it. And the second time I went back, um WhatsApp worked and it just didn't feel the same. I don't know what it was. Like they were kind of catching up, but uh we'll catch up now on the results from the cup Dan, before the show you said it was Kind of pretty non eventful, which it was. Uh, we'll start with you because I think you were in um, the Ivy Grounds.
2: On Saturday, yeah, mm-hmm. for Crumlin and Dundalk. I mean, we obviously had uh, Row on last week, and I thought Crumlin did very well.
0: Buzzer missed a good chance.
2: Yeah, there's an early chance in the game. I mean, Dundalk, they a, maybe a couple of changes, which I was surprised by. Um, I mean, they probably, maybe they knew they had enough. I mean, Crumlin are still in pre season, effectively. But, I mean, Dundalk have cut other teams open. Uh, with way more ease in recent weeks, and I know coming and think narrowed the pitch a bit, um, and it's sort of a quirky venue. There's a kind of pitch and put course on one side. Um, the press box, I actually was just watching the game, wasn't working at it, but the press box was up in a uh, like a in the pub, basically overlooking behind the goals. Um, but there was quite a good, you know, quite a good crowd there. Good, at, you know, sort of friendly atmosphere. Um, and I thought Crumlin did fine in, in the game. You know, I mean, they dominated, particularly the second half. They dominated, but you know, Crumlin were, like were, were pretty well organised. And I mean, I know that sort of Jerry said last week. You reckon if they were in the first division, he, you he he'd that? expect them to be pushing him for a promotion. I can totally see his point. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see his point. Um, particularly when I mean, that's them even in pre-season, and there was an element. There was a bit of tiredness crept in. You know, to give away a penalty very because like, a complete blatant penalty later on and they were flagging in the last sort of 10-15 minutes but you can see why a, a, that team fully tuned i mean they're just a very just very well organized and and you know even it was one of these games you're so close to it and there's no real stands and stuff you can hear all the shouts you could hear everything you know and you could just see that there's a sort of certain harmony in terms of their you know their organization and stuff yeah so, um i mean the dog got the job done pretty comfortably i wouldn't say it, it took a huge amount out of them but at the same time I mean I think that that late goal maybe it was a tiny bit flattering I think t- a, t- a comfortable 2-1 win after such a thing would have been fair because they never looked like scoring in the second half at all at all we we'll speak
0: know? to Neil Horgan as well about the, the Cork City result which was um 7-0 at home Well you contrast
2: that with Athlone and yeah, I know they're an g- extremely bad first division team but uh, I couldn't imagine that Crumlin team being done 7 by anyone
0: Yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, extrapolate that in a moment because I think there is a big question there um, and this brings me on to another result Bluebell beat Healy 1-0 and Kind of looking at the highlights, it wasn't wasn't really like a a major kind of, um, you know, uh, false result. Um, Now, the other results, Shells nil, Rovers three, Bangor nil, Longford one. And Longford looked to be made to work very hard to win that. Pats go United two, So one of your ex-clubs, Jamo, are gone, but another one, draw the United. Five, uh, one to Cove Wanderers. Cove Wanderers got a beautiful goal in that game. Uh, Crumlin won Dundalk three and everyone won Harseil. But just, if you look at how the non-league teams, I'll start with you, uh, Dan, here. Uh, Bluebell beat Cabo. Um, Bluebell knocked Wexford out in the previous no, round. There, sorry. Um, Crumlin, knocked, Crumlin knocked Wexford out.
2: We're very much in pre-season. In
0: very much pre-season. Bangor pushed Longford very hard and, uh, then you bring in, obviously, Athlone's performance in Cork. So, like, is there much of a difference well, now? the Dublin,
2: the Dublin, the top Dublin, I mean, Damon might know more, but the, the top Dublin clubs sort of at that level are, are quite strong. I mean, I think maybe some of the, the are at the, the First team, Division clubs are very weak. Yeah, well, a bit of both, I think. I mean, yeah. there were some of the clubs in, you know, in Munster, like, you know, and even Evergreen were well beaten by Drado as well. The previous round, Kilkenny. And um, I think it's the Dublin scene is obviously very, very strong. Um I mean, the thing is, that they haven't necessarily. There, I mean, I think Crumlin won up in Harps last year, was it? There hasn't been a huge amount of uh, sort of junior clubs, intermediate clubs beating Premier Division sides, but First Division. Um,
0: it, does, it does showcase the, the issues in the First Division,
2: doesn't uh, it? So it does. It difficult, does. Difficult is difficult is
0: league, this yeah? a legacy, Damien, of the A team league, which has kind of eroded the, I suppose, the depth of the First Division, which will obviously be gone next year?
1: Absolutely. I think looking at an A team league, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, and to Dan's point, some of the top Dublin uh, clubs, core clubs, you would expect them to give them a run. But when you do look at the the, the bigger sides, the like the Rovers, the even Drogheda, when you look at them, it, there's a big gulf there, I think. But when you look at Cabin Tealy, just... And, and listen, we're not going to get into the whole discussion around that uh, the First Division now, but... Um, it's just a fundamental flaw to, to how soccer is set up
0: here. So and I, I think a lot of players are choosing to play. Well, league. that is
2: the point yeah. I think as well. I mean, there's so little money in the first division that I mean, players. Keith you know, Faggy, yeah, but players at a certain yeah. age. Do you want to travel around the country for you know for your small fee, or do you want to play in Dublin where you know there might be a couple of clubs might have a few quid in that scene? You know, so really you're probably doing as well. And okay, maybe if you're eighteen, nineteen. Uh, and looking at it as a platform, you might want to be with the the so-called sort of professional club might look better for your CV. But beyond that, it's not. It's hard to see the obvious point.
0: And it'll be interesting actually to hear now Neil Horgan on on that, that issue because of the uh, you know the, I suppose Cove doing so well as well. But Dan, I'm gonna. I remember you saying earlier on in the season I, I used to throw these like. Fire sale questions at you. Who was a better right back, Neil Horgan or
2: Damien Lynch? <laughs> 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 Two
3: that, of them are laughing <laughs> he, well, he says
2: Damien Lynch for far. Oh, that's that's a tough one. I'm not it's actually a, it's a gonna, tough one. It is a tough one. I mean, one. This is, that's, a, that's a good question, you know. And I reckon if I just talk for a long time and don't answer it, <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort of move on with the could uh, be another poll. the show. Well, you know, Neil. Now, Neil, we're talking about. Neil played in midfield. He's been playing midfield when he was playing um, sort of junior football in the last year. I mean, Damien was versatile. I reckon he could fit both of them in the same team you know, that's, yeah. that's your conclusion. I go left back
1: for, for next week and Neil go right back and then
0: how did, how did you find playing uh, left back actually you know, cause I loved it actually because you, yeah. you could always cut back in it wasn't yeah. it, it, I suppose it impeded your crossing but
1: uh, it did a bit, yeah. Mm. If, it, if the ball was rolled back to the right pace, you could get a bit of a whip on it. But any, from a dead ball, you were like, "I think I'll come back with my right foot here mm. and do an in swinger." But I, I actually didn't mind playing. Dennis Irwin was a brilliant left. He right? was, yeah. you know, when you think about it. Yeah. But
0: Neil, we were just we were just saying there about the you know the, the non-league teams, and when you look at, I suppose uh, you have a good perspective on this from from your the run as well. And Cove Wanderers went up to Drogheda and now they were well held. But uh, what's the standard of? I suppose non-league football, like in Munster, from your perspective, when you look at some of the Dublin clubs, what they're achieving, you'd have to say they're certainly 1st division standards. Some of them are.
4: Yeah, well, I think in the Munster senior league, which is you know only Cork teams, you know, the um, standard is quite good. Um, I think you know in Tipperary, and that I'm not sure what what the standard is like. You'd that, with fairness in the All Ireland, you know, Junior Cup, you'd be impressed by the, the players on display. The way things have gone, the Munster League recently, um, UCC have had a very good last few years. Um, they won the Collingwood as well as the Munster League last year, and it's it's kind of an interesting development because they've um, they're teamed up with Cork City as you see on the sponsorship. So you know, it, it's an interesting development that that we haven't seen before down in Cork with the the university um, playing at Munster League level, tied up with a League of Ireland club, and so Damien, and I know who I've spoken to about it, would agree with me that these are the kind of those partnerships that are that are good for the league, for good both leagues, really, you know, for
1: the for Cork
0: to to have the right feeder structure there. Surely, like nearly all Lee clubs, should be looking into that. Galway with UIG. Dundalk obviously have a link up, haven't they? With uh, well, uh, yeah, Dundalk of sorts. Pat's there is the team from Manute, yeah. I think. Yeah. Pat's Manute, yeah. and that they yeah. actually
2: had uh, well, they had Gerard O'Brien and Brendan Clark
0: coaching the team, and yeah. they had wasn't Carlo Mallee coming that direction, uh, yeah. or uh, Con- not Carlo Malley, rather, but um, Conor O'Malley, Conor but there, O'Malley there,
2: was there, was, that- there was Sean Hoare as well, mm. and um, that's the way to go. Jamie goes, McGrath, yeah. And a few others, yeah.
1: yeah. I don't understand why more clubs don't do it because, as you were saying earlier, the older lads in the, the uh, Leinster senior, whatever, you're at a certain point in your career, but I, I definitely think the education route. Because, for example, my brother, a lot of the UCD lads that come through, it's a great grounding, you know, getting that education behind you and then going into the league. I think that's the way you should well, go on it should be. When you
2: look at the even that Dath and Dog team last year, the amount of ex UCD players, and there's a certain maturity. and I think Neil, they filtered one or two into the Cork squad now, haven't they? This they year, have,
4: yeah, they they signed two centre backs, Sean McLaughlin and Sean O'Mahony from the UCC senior team that would have won those competitions last year, I suppose. The, the the problem is really like Cork City are going for the league at the moment and it's a difficult time to get in if you're a young player at all. And um, when I was playing with Cork City when I was just starting out, Cork City had a reserve team that actually played in the Munster Senior League. So, um it was very useful for me between the ages of 18 and 20 to kind of fill out and play matches. Whereas at the moment you have the under 19s and then there seems to be a bit of a gap. Nothing. Um in terms of, you know, developing Ideally, in my eyes, you'd have some kind of Cork City UCC team, combined team. I'm sure there'd be some, you know, friction to that idea, but, but playing um, in the Monsignor League so that, you know, some of the best Cork City young players um, could play against adults every week.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I remember speaking to the Derry assistant manager after they drew the dock, and he was making that very point that he thought once you get off under 19, you're kind of in a bit of a no-man's land. Limbo. Like, you have to start playing against men
1: as quickly as possible, because I remember yeah. when I was in, in the with UK... No reserve team, sort playing of. Playing in reserve, you weren't playing proper football. Even when I came back my first year in the League of Ireland, you were like, Jesus Christ. Like, the difference in intensity. Um, like I remember playing Pats. In my fr- one of my first games, playing Pats away. Always, I was playing... Uh, like they did a savage team out, Tony Bird, elbowed in the face. I was like, Jesus, Just the intensity, the difference yeah. was unbelievable. So I think it's essential for someone who's 19, 20 to, to get that first-team football in a competitive league as quickly as possible. Otherwise,
0: you kind of lose. If, you, if you're getting that at 22, 23, I think it's a little bit too late. Is the honest need then to let them out on loan kind of quickly or...?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I suppose Cork City have, from Cork City's point of view, they've, they've loaned a few, like to Cove Ambers, like to John has gone down to Cove and he's playing a few games and that, that seems to be working for him. I met him at the, the, uh, loan match last week and he's, he's, he's buzzing that he's played a few games together. But, but, but in fairness to John, he's, he's got John Kavanaugh, he got into the first team before, so he doesn't need maybe to be going back to Muncie in the league. It would be more the kind of 18, 19 year olds who are, I'm not sure what they're going to do at at nineteen at Cork City. You know they they might be their final year at the under nineteens, and trying to break into a Cork City team that are that are you know running away with the league is very difficult. So I, I just feel you could lose a few players. I know my own experience when I was playing. Um, it took me till twenty, and it took me um, I couldn't get into the team because they Barry's team were were kind of going for the league. The last two became second in the past two years in a row. Um, I, Damon, were you playing those years actually? No,
1: that was a little bit before me.
4: That was before you. Um, but I couldn't get into the team until uh, essentially Dave Barry left. And, and essentially Murphy took over on a kind of rebuilding thing. And a few of us, including the likes of Alan Bennett, eventually got in. Um, and it's a very different um, kettle of fish to get into Cork City when they're kind of rebuilding versus when they're going for the lean. Yeah, and, and uh, you mentioned Cove
0: there. We just saw all from LOI Weekly Centre Sympathies to the Henderson family uh, on Paddy's yep. death, and uh, obviously Stephen was on the show earlier in the season. And um, getting on to, I suppose Cork. What's going on down there? We 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 went through the results, but we'll just go through the quarterfinal draw in the cup, which pits Longford with Corkham, um, which will be very interesting. And Bluebell against Shamrock Rovers to tie the round would obviously be goal United against Limerick and uh, then the loud Derby. Uh, I think it is a tie of the round. If uh, it's the one with uh, the, most, Dawkins, the most intrigue about yeah, it. Yeah. Dawkins, Roddy I tell United. you, it's
2: a great draw for for Rovers. Not I mean they're playing Bluebell. Keith Frank won't be able to play, which is really unfortunate. That's on the base him. of the, this is the red cards, yeah, which, yeah. yeah. which is a two yellows, injury time, and looked looked a bit, a bit uh, soft. You was know? yellow? Wasn't it? it? Well, I don't know. I don't Left know. Left the foot in. I don't know. Uh, injury time of the game. Uh, it's a shame. I, 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 yeah, just, it just seems a bit. If pity, P- 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 we don't have a
0: C C C C to sort well, of. Out. I, I have more sympathy <laughs> for him
2: than Finn. Like you've got to. I mean, you know, he should know better than to take a pretty soft dive in a situation when he's on a yellow. But anyway, it's a great draw for Rovers because the club is being kept apart. The bottom line for Rovers is getting into Europe this year. So, from their point of view, they probably want Cork and Dundalk to go through as much as they want the competition to open up. In a strange way, if you've Cork and Dundalk in the semis, Rovers. You know, there's a chance they might get the Galway Limerick option. Then you're in the final with Corker and Dock, uh, and then they're they're going there with no pressure. They've got Europe. There's just it's just the way the competition has opened out. Uh, I think Rover's season has turned quite favourably, and you know they've got, a, they've got a chance but I mean it probably is the draw that from the neutral perspective although I mean are the neutrals sick of Cork playing Dundalk in the final I don't what, think how so, would they no. feel about three in a row I mean how would you feel about
4: Neil I don't know Cork Dundalk and the Aviva
2: again in November
4: yeah I would I, geez, I wouldn't mind this. Um, I, what I find interesting is um, Neil Fenn with Longford against Cork City you know Fenn he used to obviously play with us so in one league down here and I'd say he was delighted probably with the draw even though he wouldn't probably admit that. But um I have heard good things about Longford since he's gone in there. Um that they're playing all all ball from the back line, which would which would suit Fanny as a manager and as a player. And yeah. <laughs> as, as Damon would tell you, some Fanny some wasn't the kind of guy who ran into corners. So, you know, that that's an interesting one in terms of, you know, Longford maybe getting a boost. Um, it's, it's, a well,
1: it's, a it. it's a hard place to go to as well, Longford It's a hard place to go, Neil Isn't it playing in Longford? Oh yeah,
4: true And we'd, we'd have had a bad record there Down through the years um, but Yeah, Stewie Pitch- Byrne
0: mentioned that In Soccer Republic
4: That Cork yeah, had a bit of did, a he was dodgy Yeah Yeah, we've lost uh, I remember losing there 4-1, 3-1 We, we seem to have a, a bad record there for, for a period of time They had a good team in fairness um, I remember Mark uh, Kirby and Kirby on the wing, and he he gave me some trouble a, yeah. a few times. But um, you know, a club like that. In fairness, I suppose Cork can go there, I haven't seen the pitch in, in years. Right, I haven't been up there, but the pitch was always good. Looks I, good, I thought, yeah. you know. So that's one thing. I suppose Cork will go there and not fear it. But, and um, were you
0: were you at the game against Setlone on Friday night? I was. But yes. Now, um, I I do a bit of a column in the in the Racing Post on Friday, and I I remember tipping a Cork minus two. And I think it's the first time nearly in 10 years or whatever it is, the Racing Post office got back to me and they said, um, the odds have changed so dramatically on your selection in the literally in the hour since you wrote it that we're just going to have to change it. So they changed it to minus three, the bet. And I was kind of like, it doesn't matter really. I said, this bet will probably be up at half time, And it was sad to watch how bad Athlone were. What was it like down there, Neil?
4: Yeah, well, I arrived late at the game and it was three 0 After 20 minutes, <laughs> why? <laughs> they were wondering where you. Unless you're on the handicap. Yeah, um, it, it was bad enough. In fairness, um, I thought maybe they, they they had some young players out there. You have to feel kind of sorry for them. Um, they didn't want or two good players, but do you know what? It looked like a total mismatch. Um, you, you mentioned like when we were playing with Wilton and we drew with Cork City, and, and Cork City had a similarly kind of strong side-out, and Fairness had a strong side-out against Athlone, no, John wasn't taking any um, chances, but but we set up properly, I thought, and we had players who have never played um, League of Ireland, and, and we set up properly, and we made it hard for Cork City. We lost it after extra time, as Damon will
3: tell you. You've <laughs> <laughs> heard that <laughs> before, um, haven't we? <laughs> um,
4: but, like, but all joking aside, I'd have,
0: fear, I'd have fears for the future of Athlone Town at the moment. If things couldn't get any worse in there, with this complete indifference, obviously, towards the setup down there, Roddy hasn't really sorted things out in terms of results, and um, it's getting beyond pathetic at this stage. They've lost their last few games 7-0. Yeah,
4: um, I don't know. Where do you come from there? I, I just I don't know a lot about what's going on down there, other than I've read it in the papers, you know, and I suppose we're not really I'm not in a position to judge where Neil. their future is
2: per old Neil. like old I mean, Neil comes on for a chat the last time we had him on was talking about crisis at Bray oh, yeah, and we're trying, yeah. to take, <laughs> we're trying to take him away from his niche topic of clubs and crisis and all of a sudden special you, subject. We, we start talking about at to you. it's absolutely it's actually cruel let's talk about Cork's well, but, well, yeah. what we need to talk about Neil is because we've have, been having a bit of fun the last couple of weeks here with Johnny slaughtering Cork since the departure not of Sean he uh, you, 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 you slaughtered Cork yeah. since the departure of Maguire said, "I mean, I know there was an element of tongue in cheek about if the season started now, they wouldn't make Europe." But didn't say that. In terms of, uh, you, so they would they, struggle they, they, to make Europe. Do well to make the <laughs> which is nonsense. Okay, it's <laughs> nonsense at all. <laughs> but but um, I mean, it is. But uh, but not. But, but, is. but Neil, you're down on the ground there, and I mean, we do have this strange situation where Cork have effectively won the league you know with such ease that there's almost a sense of strange anti-climax uh, about it. Well, I mean that's how it feels from this remove. It might be different down there, but like, what's your sense of the the vibe since the lads have left and and this season is in this sort of strange I don't know strange yeah. limbo it seems from 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 this think, juncture.
4: It, yeah, I think initially when the lads left and they had a downturn in results, uh, like I went to watch them against Galway. I think it was the, the game and they beat Galway two one, but. They weren't the same team, it looked to me, because primarily Maguire, just the way they were playing it, it looked a bit more scrambled, uh, is the word, um, and then they lost the bowls. I was at that, and I just thought, you know what, they need to they need to get a striker, or something needs to change, but in mm-hmm. fairness to them, I think the Finharps game has settled them majorly, and it was a huge game for them, it was on live on TV, they showed their character, they showed their resolve to win 1-0, now... I know the point that you know if if the league had started now, um, where would point. we be? But the fact is it hasn't, and they're only three points away or four points, whatever it is. I think they can even win it this weekend, can they, guys? They,
2: they can if they win. They yeah, just, yeah, If They so, win, like, and the dog don't. Yeah, the
4: limbo that you mentioned, I think, will, will be quickly forgotten. Uh, uh, quite honestly, we don't. We haven't won too many leagues down here, especially in the last you know twenty four years. We've got Cork City only won it twice in their history. So it's going to be a massive party, I can tell you that. and There'll be no um, lack of atmosphere on the day that they do win it, especially if it's in Turner's Cross. You, just,
1: you, you remember yeah. yourself, you know when you won it, and even yeah. the, the two times I've won it, it's it's difficult. You go through a stage where you get to a point of the season everyone's fatigued and you yeah. come up against Finn Harps or whoever, and it's, there's always one pivotal game where you kind of go, if we get across the line here, I remember going out to Waterford a couple of times... And I used to hate going to Waterford as a, as a place to play. And we ended up scrambling a 2-1 win or something like that, which meant, yeah. that meant we were going to go on and win the league. And I can imagine what they're like in that dressing room now. And you are a little bit on edge, particularly with, the, with the, losing the quality of Maguire. Like, yeah. you can't replace that. You just can't. So you have to try and find a better way. So I think they'd take scraping over the line now if they had to. You know, a couple of more 1-0s, 2-1s. That, that's what it takes just to win it. Oh, um, that, in the dressing
4: room, you
2: don't really care.
4: No. And, nice, and there, like,
2: yeah sorry Neil go on
4: no so like they've had an unbelievable season and, and Maguire has left O'Connor's so left but I mean they still have a chance of winning the double effectively you know and like Cork City have never won the double do you that's got to so, be the motivation yeah, no, it's it's really huge. Really yeah. I mean
2: first of all nice to dig there by Damo the two times I won the league as opposed to the as <laughs> one there,
3: there's the answer to your know earlier exactly, did, yeah. there's the answer to no.
2: your earlier debate but, um, but, but also I mean the, the point that Damo makes about Maguire not being replaceable I mean What's your sense on their solution to that problem, Neil? I mean, they've obviously tried maybe a couple of different players, and Ellis has played, and Campion, and you know Shepherd the Like, you know, at this stage, what do you think is working best, or is it
4: too early to say? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. He was such a good player, and fairness to the guys who are coming in, they're doing okay. Campion scored a few goals against that so did Connor Ellis, is a young lad, and um, so they're doing fine. But yeah, I mean. Their big shoes to you know to fit in, fit into. Um, Shawnee Mcguire, we've seen him gone over to the championship, and he's he's flying again. So it, there's no obvious solution. I think personally, I think that next year John is going to have to sign a few strikers that maybe the Gogly lad that you're you're going to be talking about later, um, or or someone else. Um, but I, I, within the squad, or within the, the, maybe the under 19s, can they produce someone? it's going to be very difficult i think we were lucky to have Shawnee mcguire for for the two years that we had him it, when he was in unbelievable form and it's it's you know what like in 24 year or however i think the club is 33 years in, in existence or whatever it is 84. we've never had a player like Shawnee mcguire yeah. i got we, we have so but, but yeah.
1: mcguire he was so good for them in terms of there's no one around that could do the ball over the top he was able to get on it
3: yeah. he held
1: it up so well he, he could play in that little hole as well like it's just no one around, and I, I don't think he has a. Joe John, John Coffee will be able to get a solution for that no until solution until there. the en, yeah. until the end of the season.
0: And Neil, yeah. just just watching the Shane Griffin, like i, I I've, one of the players that really really impressed me this year. I'm just trying to figure out where his position is because he, to all intents and purposes, he looks like a centre back, but he, he he almost looks almost a, a, as at home as a winger at times, taking players yeah. on in
4: that. I thought the same, actually. I saw him come on against Limerick in the market field. I was up there and he came on at right back. I was calling them some problems at right back. Came on, did well. He looked physical like a centre-back. But then he's played him in left wing, left back. I think he's, he looks like a left, left-sided left left back or, or left-sided centre-back to me because he is that big kind of physical guy. And he, But he's got great pace. I think he's the kind of guy Damon would be used to playing these formations in Europe where they had wing-backs who were just... Uh, 100 meter sprinters, as well as being six foot, you know, two. And um, for me, he's the kind of player who would be an ideal left wing back. He, he can just cover the ground so fast, and he's good on the ball. But but I, I don't see John bringing back. Yeah, he's wing a per- back, perfect uh,
1: solution though for for the for the loss, O'Connor's, isn't it You know, what uh, I mean? he's yeah. a perfect solution. Whereas you look on the up, up top, there's just no solution for that. And I actually think Cork are going to have to play differently for the second half of the season. Um, if they try and if they think there's the way they played with McGuire up there will work it just won't they just don't have the same I, I was out.
0: actually I've seen that damn before because the 433 works so well with Maguire in the center and it, it not Dually hasn't been playing as much now and Shepard has changed his position so it just looks like they're trying to readjust Neil and not all my kind of bluster on Twitter about them <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yeah I think they're just trying to readjust to, to a, a really significant loss of a player um who who'd been brilliant for them for two years so look um some guy isn't going to come in and play like Shawnee Maguire so they just need, just I suppose they had the time to to, to adjust. I think they've come through that. Um, and fairness to the likes, like Giro Buckley, like uh, um, scoring Girl Marcy, sorry, and, and Buckley scoring last week. The, the, these Cork lads have they've kind of been the core of the team this year and last year. Even with all the signings that came in this year, like they weren't starting from ground zero. Like Connor McCarthy or Conor McCormack, sorry, and Jimmy uh, Devaney coming in. Um, Cork have been strong for two or three years and so the loss of Maguire while it's being like you know big it just took a time for the players to realise look you know what we've been very strong for a few years here we're still a very strong team even though Sean was the leading light and uh, I think you know what I think if they win the league sooner it might be better for them so that they can kind of focus on the cup with with a kind of buzz you know with a a positive mentality
0: Who's the better side this Cork side or the dark side of last year? Can't hear you there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the better side the dark side and the cork side? Can't hear you. One. It's breaking
4: up there. Uh-huh. We're going to have to let Neil go, I think. Actually lost uh-huh. His
0: line is just letting them
2: in a really
4: bad <laughs>
0: point. Here. Enjoy Friday night and turn up on time. <laughs> Thanks very much. And, uh, you know, I suppose Neil would probably be of the same opinion that the winner of the Cup is going to come from uh, Cork, Rovers and Dundalk. Dan, Dan, you were adamant about this oh, last year.
2: I still... I mean, no disrespect. Why are but we
0: that bad? We're not that bad, though.
2: I, no, I, I can see, but realistically... Um, very good chance you'd have to beat two of them to win the cup now, wouldn't you? Really, unless there's a sort of a surprise array of results. Uh, you know, it depends, let's just say, let's let's just, i mean, it would be not to disrespect like Longford and Bluebell and Drauda but we're sort of very confident that the three teams would go through. So let's say Galway beat Limerick, which again is a job in itself. So what, do you fancy Galway to then to beat Rovers and then beat Dundalk or, Galway to, or any of those combinations? I just think it's really hard looking at the table and particularly the fact that it's not as if Cork and Dundalk are going to be engaged in a relegation fight at that time of the year, whereas Galway are going to be. So, I mean, these teams are going to be full tilt at these games, whereas Galway... You know, they could have refixed games if they get to their Cup semi. They'll have a lot going on. I just can't see how there's a shock in the Cup. It's, it's not notwithstanding the dominance, but I just think, you know, the, the way that's it's panned out. Okay, Rovers are in a European battle, and that's big, but Cork and Dalk, if they're kept apart, I think. Given you
1: know. Stephen Kenny and his determination, he'll he'll have the Cup, like, top of the list, top so of the list no matter what. So it would like, be, couldn't yeah. Couldn't see anyone. Unless, uh, to, to Neil's point, if Cork win the league early, they'd an opportunity to try and test a few different formations or, or things like that to try and uh, see how how it goes for the rest of it but um, if the draw lets us I, I think a Dundalk Cork final be great
0: again. Yeah I, I think the cup has gotten a bit of magic back Um that's just because Cork have won the
2: league so early and it's just so big to everyone. It, it, I think
0: it's just so big in terms of getting into Europe and the, last and the years, Stadium. The last
2: couple of years, I still think the Cup has been really slow to warm up. It has been I, slow I think just this, you get to the semi-finals and you realise this is huge. Yeah. I think players always have the Aviva in their mind, but managers have other stuff going on. But I think this year, the fact that Cork have had the league once, and now Cork are looking to cement their status with the double, as Neil said. The dog have to try and salvage something from the season, notwithstanding the EA Sports Cup. Rovers have Europe, but also just haven't won the Cup in 30 years. And I speak to Rovers fans who want to win the cup more than they almost want to win the league because it's been that long haven't seen it in their lifetime almost it's a real so, Irish thing isn't it they yeah, want to win the cup, the cup. The celebration is so like, uh, yeah I mean in 30 hour, years you know? I think yeah. anyone 35 or under doesn't even remember Rovers winning a cup and the fan base they have so um, yeah I think there's, there is a certain spice to it this year um, I also think that they've structured it well in terms of saving it to later in the year and then running the fixtures off because you're getting a bit more interest week to week and you don't have to wait too long for the next high
0: uh, hopefully, maybe Ronan Murray might contradict the lads' confidence that it will be uh, the big three uh, winning the cup. One of them, uh, Ronan. You know, you, I suppose you came from that Pat's game Friday night to into this interview, and uh, I suppose you'd argue that Galway United played nearly as well as they played all season.
3: Yeah, um, we uh, we've gone down there with a the game plan, and, and it's worked. Um, it's worked out. Uh, big Jonah scored a great goal. And Owen, on top of that, has really sealed it for us in the 90th minute when, when we're under a bit of pressure, you know. And um, but uh, to go to to go to Richmond Park and get two goals and not concede any, uh, and get the three points was uh, was a great victory, and uh, got us into the next round of the cup, you know, and gave us gave us a lot of gave us a lot of confidence going forward.
0: You, you must have been happy with that pass for the first goal. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, I suppose. I picked up the ball uh, on the half line, and I think it was uh, I think it was Brennan, the midfielder, that was coming to close me, uh, and he didn't really, <laughs> didn't really try a leg, to be honest. He gave a ha- half a half a, half attempt to kind of close me down, and uh, I've just he's he's more or less said, "Go on, put the ball in the box with your left foot. You've got no left foot." Uh, so I what said, happened right. next? <laughs> so I said, "Right." I saw it in with the left foot. I seen Jonah making a good run to the back post and just put it in that corridor uncertainty, as they call the it. Corridor and, uh, of
0: uncertainty. I oh, was actually in the obviously the away section, so you, the view you had on TV wasn't as good. It was an impeccable pass, but I want to bring up <laughs> Jonah Younger because I know CV Folan was very upset with the tackle that Barker did on him. What was your view on it?
3: Yeah, um, it, it, it looked a bit innocuous enough, you know, on on the night. Um, but it, <laughs> I think he he's had previous before with Jonah, and that kind of came into it as well. And um, it just wasn't. I don't think he's that type of player. Uh, but you know, you just can't you can't do that. Um, technique of a tackle, you know that is literally uh, a leg breaker, and unfortunately, you, you always hear people saying that could have been more. You know that could have done more damage. That's a leg breaker tackle, you know, and unfortunately this time, uh, it's actually turned out that it ha- he has actually uh, done a lot of damage to Jonah, and uh, it's an unfortunate. So we we were obviously angry. Uh, you know, the boy hasn't even got a yellow card first. He hasn't even acknowledged it. Uh, not only was it a bad tackle, but he was he was sitting. He was uh, he was disrupting our our breakaway and that so there's a lot of a lot of a lot of um different aspects of it that we weren't happy about but ultimately joan is out now for, for the rest of the season and and in after getting his first goal uh we were delighted that he got his first goal because he was you have a man the match performances but wasn't getting his goals uh before that and this time he's off the mark and he was only going to thrive after that.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say you're a lot more placid than you were on the pitch. You're always kind of, um, you're kind of a Roy Keane type character, moaning a lot at the lads. I always find because you're always, I suppose, driving to do better. But you played under Roy, and how have you found the League of Ireland? It must have been so much different to your days in England, obviously.
3: Yeah, um, I, I, I suppose um, Dundalk has, has, has done has done um, massively to promote the league. Um, I was watching them from England and, just, and and I watched them a couple of times uh, last season and the season before that at, at, at Sligo Rovers. We went to a couple of games and they, they were a serious, serious outfit um, who could, uh, as a team, could go on to good things in England uh, as a team, you know, fitness levels, um, knowledge of the game, um, all the rest of it. And uh, it, it's really given other teams' Uh, something to thrive for and you know if you're not far off Dundalk then you're you're not far off being a good team in Europe, uh, more or less and, and obviously Cork have stepped up to the plate this year. Um and uh showed what they can do and they're and obviously I got to play against them this time and they uh, their tempo in their play, technical players, knowledge of the game uh, is excellent. So um you know, everyone is thriving. It's given all the all the rest of the teams hope that um, they can thrive, and that's how that's how good you have to be to to be good in Dan, Europe. You know,
0: Dan. It's worrying that he's mentioned Cork and Dundalk there. Two teams that are seemingly linked with him every second week.
3: Well, I mean, is
2: that, are you taking something from that, Johnny? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just, Ronan, just to ask you, you may, I mean, Johnny did bring up Roy Keane, but maybe for people who aren't fully aware of your background, I mean, uh, and I've, I've read you speak about this before, can you just explain sort of what an influence Roy Keane was to you when you worked with him at Ipswich? Because I think I've heard you say before, he mean, he might be getting a, after you, Some days and sort of encouraging you to to work harder or whatever it might have been. But like, what what influence was he on you in your early days of your career?
3: Yeah, he had a a massive influence. You know, everyone growing up, whatever age they are, uh, was looking up was looking up to him in uh, in the Premier League, winning Premier League titles. uh, Being from Cork, you know, uh, playing in one of the best teams. Or uh, the best team in Europe in, in 1999, you know, and winning trebles and all the rest of it, and, and it just gave you that hope and belief that you could go on and do the same as a young lad, you know. And everyone, <laughs> and I suppose, I I was a centre mid when I was younger, you know, under 12s, going up to under 14s. Uh, so I kind of looked up to him uh, and tried to not really tackle wise, but going forward and just that work rate. I would try to uh try to be him and just match match his work rate you know and then when he got announced as as its his town manager uh after Jimmy jilton he he was just like a bit surreal that one minute he's, he's your hero you know this was, I think it was 17 at the time uh one minute he's your hero next minute you're going in in the doors of uh the training on the next morning and he's your manager addressing the group you know He's there out in front of you, and you're having to try and impress him. When you've, I suppose, you're secretly trying to impress him (laughs) when he's nowhere near. But now he's actually has your eye on you uh, every every training session and every game, you know. So it was a bit surreal at the start, but uh, the influence he had was was second to none. Um, Just and and he was he was he was excellent with the with the with the um, with the Irish lads. Uh, especially, you'd always know, have a bit of crack, you know, that extra bit of banter or whatever, on the change, on the changing rooms and that. So that obviously helped you settle in a little bit more. If you got called up to the first team, train with the first team, you're a little bit more comfortable. That uh, you know you had a few words with with the gaffer uh, beforehand, you know, so it made you feel a lot more comfortable. And then, um, if you did if you did anything wrong, uh, he'd tell you. He wouldn't have no would have no qualms about telling really? you as you know as you know uh, what he's like such a lightweight um, character he, he would um, he would tell you how what you're doing wrong uh, some, sometimes he'd tell you what you're doing right not a lot of the time but a lot of the time what you're doing wrong um, he would have no qualms about telling you but then some, some players they take it different different ways some people might go in their shell but I took it as a positive that he was he was actually interested in my game And wanted to improve me, and I just took it as a positive. Really, you know.
0: Subsequent tips: Which were you surprised that you ended up back in Ireland at such a young age? Because it wasn't as if you had a bad career over there.
3: Uh, you just don't know what's around the corner, you know. Um, it obviously went like it's a lot about luck and where you are and what what um, what breaks you might get. Uh, I was lucky. I was lucky to get into an Ipswich team uh, under under Roy Keane, and I was going well at the time. And next thing, he gets he gets the sack, and Paul Jewell comes in, and he doesn't he basically doesn't want anything got to do with you. So it goes from a space of a week to playing a sample bridge uh, in the first team to the next week you're training with the reserve, um you know, not getting a sniff and thrown out on loan. So. Uh, there was multiple times when it just didn't fall for me in England, and uh, I got a couple of injuries as well, which didn't help. Um, but you know, if 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 it falls here sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't, but you just have to keep on, keep on working hard, and keeping your head down, and hopefully. Um, your time will come, and you get a bit of luck, you know.
1: And Ronan, would you ever be looking to go back, or is it a case you've, you've come home now? Of someone who came home myself at twenty-one, twenty-two. I, I came back, and I pretty much had said I was going to stay here. From your perspective, will you, are you looking to come home, maybe have a good season or two, and and, and with a view to going back, or are you open to anything?
3: Um, yeah, I'm. Off. I'm open to. I'm open to anything. But um, I was just. <laughs> I was delighted. It was a bit of a. Bit of a weight off my shoulders coming home in a way um because i was there for so long um i was there since i was 15 i moved when i was 15 Um really got to see my family uh really got to see my friends from school you know that i grew up with Um so it was just it was just a nice time to come home and spend some time with the family spend some time with friends uh, you know, prolonged period of time with friends, and that that's what I miss the most uh, about being over there. Because it's quite it's quite isolated when you're over there. Um, you basically only have because you're moving from club to club. It's hard to gain friends outside of um, outside of the football training ground. And also, um, it's nice to have people to talk to that are outside of football. There's something different uh, to talk about or whatever. Constantly seeing the same people every day, you know, gets a bit on top of you. But um, but looking to get back, yeah. If, if if there's an offer there that I'd be interested in, I I would go back. Um, now that I've had my year in Ireland and you know, kind of done it and enjoyed it, you know, I could go again. You know.
2: Um, I mean, Ron, we had Shane Keegan on last week, and he was speaking. I think you're working as a as a personal trainer as well as. Uh, the football, and I think he's holding out hope that if you do stay up, and obviously that's a that's a, an if at this stage. That you know that that comfort of of being near home might be enough to convince you to stay at Galway. If other clubs in Ireland go come looking for you, I mean, are you very settled at Galway? If if you do st- happen to stay up, I mean, is that where you would like to stay?
3: Yeah, well, um, like like Shane knows me. Inside Out at this stage, even though we've only known each other uh, a few months or whatever, and he, he's been he's been brilliant and allowed me to have the time to do uh, the things on the side and you know let me go home because he knows how important it is to me and I suppose I don't like to be just football football football. I like to have something on the side to get my mind off it, you know, away away from the game and um, now the lifestyle I have now is is, is brilliant. I'm enjoying, enjoying everything I do, you know, I've got the personal training uh during the week which gets my mind away from the training ground, away from say if you had a if you had a bad couple of days training, you'd be you'd have your mind on something else. Um or whatever, you know, to yet you, you have to just go again, you just need to set up your classes. Um and you just get away from the training ground you forget about you forget about your bad your bad uh, session or whatever, and then you come back in again on Thursday and do your training again. Um, so it keeps you, keeps you, um, keeps you, keeps you mentally right as well as, well as everything else. And um, but yeah, I'm really happy at goal, and and I suppose it's it's shown through my form uh, with my goals and and overall play that uh, I'm quite ha- I'm quite happy where I am.
0: And it's a long way from Carpenden dog to Bell Mullet back for personal training. Couldn't do it man
3: (laughs) Well (laughs) Well if I was Going to go Anywhere else Apart from Sligo It would be It would be Not uh, Feasible No
0: Yeah and In terms of the Rest of the season uh, Into the last eight In the cup Fighting chance of staying up How do you call it
1: from, uh, the Johnny says you're the, you the form team, irrespective of one where. One of the form teams in the league. Yeah, uh, do you feel like that in the dressing room? Obviously, the win against Pats you're going to kick on now, and um, confident going into the, the remaining games.
3: Yeah, well, we had a bit of we had a bit of a kick in the teeth there against uh, Shamrock Rovers because we had one of our best forty five minutes uh, at home against them, when we went and then we just didn't show up in the second half, and that kind of knocked us. Not just a bit back, uh, even though our form has been, you know, up there in the top six at least um, in in the league. Um, so this patch win away has just brought us back up to where we were and given us that confidence uh, to go on. And you never know. Uh, we've got Limerick next in the cup and at home, so it's a home tie. It's going to be a tough tie, but you never know if you get through that when you're in the semi final and it's, you're 90 minutes away from the Viva, so um, all these things are giving us, like that Pats win has given us confidence to go and get three points at both. Uh, it just gives us that belief that we can get three points away from home, up in Dublin, um, so the Cup is great for, for that, you know, and... The longer we stay in the cup, the better.
0: Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone in Galway is enjoying it. And I always like to uh, end with this question. First of all, I have to wish you all the best. I know you're a Mayo fan, and uh, so on, and so forth. But who's the best player in the League of Ireland you played against this season?
3: Who was the best player I played against? Yeah. Uh, who was the best player I played against? Obviously, Patrick McIlenny is is a phenomenal player. Um, Could he do it I, in England? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's got he's got two feet. Uh, anytime he gets the ball, you just don't know what direction he, he's going to go. And he's got that explosiveness. He's got the physical attributes as well as the technical attributes. Um, so really, he's got it all. So he's probably he's probably been the best player I played against.
0: Best defender.
3: Best defender. I. <laughs> Lee Grace.
0: I was going to say thinking to him as well, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. There we
3: are. Unfortunately, yeah. Um he was <laughs> his name was mentioned there on the training ground today and someone said, no, that's that's <laughs> that's the band word around here. You can't <laughs> mention Lee. <laughs> we were gutted we were gutted to um we were gutted to lose him because he was such a phenomenal player for us. but we Obviously, wish him all the best at, at Rovers and that, but
0: and we wish you all um, the best yourself as well uh, for the end of the season and uh, thanks for thanks coming million. on. Cheers, Ronan. Top man,
3: to Ronan. Ronan. Thanks a million, lads. Thank you.
0: Uh, j- just a point minute at the end there, uh, Dan. Have you seen much of league Grace?
2: I-, I haven't seen a huge amount from No, I love how you lingered that little bit longer with your Galway guest. It's like, you know, ah, yeah. just <laughs> like, a, but he, he I was... wish you all the best. I know I really wish you all the best. <laughs> ah, yeah. We well, here at LA he said, Weekly wish you all the best. It was basically, <laughs> it was like
0: Murray says I'm staying in Galway. We are one
2: step <laughs> short of, no, you hang up. No, no, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, you hang up. Um, I actually haven't seen a huge amount from I mean, this is like shameful. possibly
0: the best centre back in the league. Shameful,
2: shameful Dublin media stuff that uh, you sort of see them when they, uh, you know, when they, they play in Dublin. I saw him play against Shells last week, and his debut for Rovers as well, and, and a couple of games recently. Yeah, possibly best centre half. I think Vemelin's looking pretty good at the moment. I have to say. Yeah. For a guy who played right back last year, um, he's he's I mean he was so good in the European games. So and I, I think from Stephen Bradley's point of view. Um, just when he spoke about signing Grace that there's actually still loads to work with there I mean when you think about it he's had no real background like he was playing you know not even a very high standard of amateur football only a couple of years ago then going to Wexford, he was in the army I mean this is at Galway like this is his first year ever playing like full time and probably training as much as he's as he's done notwithstanding I'm I'm sure in the army you do a fair bit of training but in in a proper professional football sense so whatever you've got from him now I think he's going to be better in 12 months time and he's got a two and a half year deal as well plus he's so going to play isn't he going to play he'll play every week and yeah. every game he'll come on and Rovers are I mean they're starting to click I mean I saw them against Shells last week they weren't great in the first half but there's a good profile there's a good age profile in that team and as in he's not coming in maybe to a dressing room where there's loads of established senior pros there um, he's got a chance to be part of something that's, that's growing there you know along lads that aren't maybe dissimilar in age and, and yeah. sort of profile and so on Bradley
0: he has made some i think he's met some very shoot signs this season some maybe not so much well, but definitely what, some good well what ones.
2: we are seeing and i'm not going back to the point about say the big three because i mean it's a bit different for Derry just in terms of recruitment and and so on um, but they are just like gradually picking off the better players from other clubs i mean that's why even someone like murray you, like you think got is it just inevitable that it happens? I mean, you talk about how Cork signed sadly or, you know, the Doc signed Dylan Connolly, uh, Rovers signed and Grace, that, you know, the, there is that food chain there. I mean, if, if Cork lose Maguire and the Doc lose McElhinney, you just go to end the league and you take the best that you can. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's very hard for these clubs to, to resist it when they offer a few quid like Galway did, although we'll accept him that fee, come back to haunt them, you know?
0: And Damo, and it, it, it is something that I think will help the League of Ireland. Like, he's obviously happy to be at home, yeah I, I think like, the Dundalk thing has really
1: helped hasn't it when, when Dundalk he mentioned done so well so obviously Yeah, like, and everyone you speak to now they say you look at what Dundalk done and I, I think there's a great opportunity we've spoke about it that the league has a bit of credibility um, at the moment and I, like you look at Owen Garvin coming back these, these lads if we can get more fellas coming back at both ends um, th- like for someone who's 23-24 20, you have an opportunity to come back And play professional football for another five, six, seven, ten years. And then you've got if you if you can get a couple of lads in their early thirties coming back as well, that will help sort of educate the younger lads coming through. And I think it'll be really healthy. Yeah, in
2: and I mean, he's, like, he's a well-rounded fella. He's very able to speak and talk about a story. And I actually think that's something about the league sometimes and how we push it and how we promote it. I very much feel it should be through the players sometimes. A lot of the time, it's like manager ball. A bit like the Premier League, it's all manager, manager, manager. You know, Pep. And we, you know, here, like we're often talking about managers. And I guess that's inevitable. We're talking about Bradley and Caulfield and Kenny. But there's players with great stories that should be at the forefront of any promotion and advertisement of the league and I, we've, we've had a lot of them on this year even with Dunleavy and Bennett and you know okay Jared Bryan has moved on but like a lot of guys are well able to speak and articulate their story and where they've been in the game even Stephen Elliott people we've had on and like, I think it's great to listen to someone who's got real perspective of where he's been and able to talk about his happiness and his contentment and being around family and you know wanting to play in the country that you're from which is a very natural emotion but it's something that you you want something that to be put out there so even some of the guys that are away they feel they're not coming home to desolation they're coming home somewhere where they can sort of walk with their chest out and have a bit of there's a very clear yeah. respect for what very bloody,
0: bloody clear marketing campaign there if somebody would take the gumption to do it but Demo, sorry
1: no there is absolutely but I think the clubs as well are being realistic they're bringing fellas back or like for example yeah if you want to do something else if you want to study if you want to try something else in terms of work wise you have to be flexible with that totally. because it's not a full-time... Like, there has to be something after the League of Ireland for these players, whether it's involved in football or, or external It's a there. version and of like,
2: full-time that you strive for. I mean, in Scandinavian countries, there's a bit of that with some of the clubs there, you know, and, and you end up then with rounded adults as well. It We should...
1: Like, for want of a better term, like, it will be a full-time league that is part-time, if that makes sense. No, because it does. They're so it does. they're so professional. You'll miss one night a week training probably because you just need to rest, which you do anyway in the UK... Most people train Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, in Thursday, Friday. Whereas with with lads coming back, to your point as well, Dan, you have proper adults like you're dealing yeah. with here people who are grown well people that their, are a lot more mental just for
0: their general mental freshness and yeah. that. like doing football all to, all day Morris every day in some shape or form and not having any outlet that like you can kind of like he has there is probably not really helpful particularly
2: like. when the 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 legacy of Irish football's mentality and mindset is lads being left on the scrap heap but nothing at 21 so like what you have to offer here has to be some kind of alternative to that you don't want to be selling professional football here that effectively you end up with the same thing you know so you a pro club here but then you're still you're still turfed out at 19 with nothing like that That can't be what you want to come, come back. strive to offer here come back know?
1: be near your family get an education and then in 3 or 4 years time if you want to if you want to give up them fine but at least football will they'll get it's not a lot of money in the game now but you'll get something to get your boy to, to get to the next phase of your life and so. I was told
0: I was told in a good source today that one of the under 15 teams in the League of Ireland is training 4 times a week would you believe that?
2: I mean, I, I, I would believe I her. think that's I, astonishing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I'd, I'd be interested in Damon's view on this because I, I do speak to people in football who would say, like, you know, a big problem. You know, I think when we might have discussed it here is the lack of contact hours that you have with underage players. I mean, I don't know what but, your thoughts on what's the right I like think when amount. I was
1: 14, I was doing cross-country in school. I was doing some, whereas these guys are doing four days a week and it's controlled. Um, one of the problems that I had when I went away is I, I actually done too much in all different sports, playing Ga, hurling, uh, cross-country, and then fitting in soccer as well. I remember going and playing a a game in school, GA game in school, going training that night in soccer, and then doing the same thing the next day. And that wasn't good for me. I ended up breaking down at the age of, what was I, 18, 19, where I had all
0: all them injuries. Where are you from in Dublin, actually? Santry. So you had, you'd, yeah, I guess you would access all in all school.
1: And in school, like everything in school, with all the sports, we had access to all the sports. And when I went over there, the, the doctor said to me, you've done too much as a kid. It, was, it wasn't controlled. So if fellas are doing four days, was that, 15? I don't think that's a problem if it's controlled in the right way. Now, one thing I, I would the say... think
0: parents find no, collecting them and bringing them... That, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I one thing I, one thing I would say is... You don't think it's a problem you, then?
2: I, I I think you know once once there's a proper balance in terms
0: yeah. of how it, it affects other things in life. Has to be fun, to life, be fun. Like, you know, that's the problem. That's, four times a week. No, that's more but, than like but, first. But a Johnny. We were play. looking
2: we were looking at a video here earlier this year of, of was it Belgium? Was it, you know it was it was it was of yeah. like McFayle was, McPhail talking, about was talking about the kids in Belgium and you know the amount of hours and and the impact that it has on the quality. If if they're getting good coaching four nights a week,
0: that's brilliant. They're definitely getting that. that's a clue to the club.
2: Okay, if they're getting good coaching, then yes. If they're getting bad. Coaching four nights a week and they're knackered, but then that that doesn't win for anyone. I think if they're getting good quality, but it has to be enjoyable as well. Like Uh, the idea
1: that it has to be, even when you're here in the UK now. If have these fellas from 15 in an academy and they don't know what the real world is like or they, like they have to be able to have that night off and go and do something at 15 whatever whatever have it's enjoyable beers. I don't know if that's <laughs> that's what I mean by that but like that you know it, it can one thing when you get involved in football very early at, at a profession it becomes a business you know and it's so ruthless and then you fall out of love with it very very quickly and a lot that, have that's one thing to be very careful of with, the, with, with that Four nights a week. All of a sudden, it's a job to you nearly. Yeah, um, and then balance. Think the things go wrong at 17, 18 eighteen. Oh, I'm sick of that. I'm not playing anymore. It's essentially you keep some sort I of. Think, I think
0: we we're in discussion now because we have to move on to predictions. And so on, but I think the clubs really have to look after the young players right up to getting a reasonable contract early enough and keeping them kind of interested and keeping them cherished. You know that you're yeah. not like because I think that really is the future. I, I feel this under. 15, under thirty. I think it's going to be huge if, as long as it's run properly. And I, I thought Neil Finn was really interested in that, Dan, just how sort of smaller clubs are dealing with it. But anyway... the um,
2: debate, will definitely...
0: I, I can yeah, be sure we're going to Collins say we'll return to it. It will return to it several times this season. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to have to cut across <laughs> you there, Dan. <laughs> Push on, lad. Push yeah, on. Um, Pro Peter as well, you know. Joanne Cantwell got an awful lot of praise uh, the last week, you know. Peter's Peter's there soldiering away every week, and Joanne uh, did a few different sports, and she was... Uh, so that's
2: why you turn up here every week, just in case, like, you know, somebody you don't. Else. And someone else comes in, and all of a sudden, it's
0: like... Absolutely. That lad's class. Start, we'll start with Rovers and Cork uh, prediction, and also just analysis of the game. This is, this to me, look, I'd make Rovers favourites here, because they're at home.
2: Well, I love, I mean, again, talking about earlier, what makes a good league is... Is good rivalries and games you look forward to because there's some kind of plot and Needle. script and and I, you know I know we talk about the ten team league and teams playing each other too many times and how that can get boring, but I don't think games like Rovers and Cork are boring when they play each other too many times because there's actually been a story developing. It's, you know, it's, it's repetitive if there's no spice and you know the players are hugging each other after every game because they're such great pals. But when there's a real sort of niggle there that even the very recent EA Sports Cup, I went to it on a Monday game with no real expectations. EA Sports Cup was just a quiet day almost but you had the Alan Bennett story being sent off uh, for that stamp against Webster, even though he didn't end up getting, I mean, he was vindicated in the sense he didn't get the additional ban, uh, the bit of niggle between the managers afterwards. And I'm thinking, yeah, now I'm not going to be in Georgia, unfortunately, so I'm not going to be at, be at this game. But uh, I never thought that I could, uh, you know, I, I complain about the league being settled during international windows and how dreadful that is. And sure enough, it could be decided, but in the bloody September one, I mean no one saw that, you know, potentially happening. But I'm really looking forward to it. We're oversight favourites, I can see why you would think that. Um because I think they're clicking. I think probably the mental block of beating Cork in that EA Sports Cup game was huge. And they're arguably a more settled team than, than Cork at the moment. Um I can see your I can see your shout on that. Prediction. Um, but I I I also think Cork have had a nice run into this game as well, you know. Could, could Cork? How can a team be waiting in the long grass when they're x amount of points yeah. <laughs> clear at the t- at the top of the league that they're actually going to be able to create a siege mentality about almost the, them being written off in like, their position? I
1: think when Rovers have had the expectation on this year, they've, they've failed a couple of times, you know, in, b- in big games where you expect them to kick the, the on the bows
2: and, and then the bows in the Derry home games here. They still haven't got the. They, the it looks like they were getting tall as a fortress, right? Yeah. And then those back-to-back defeats make you. Wonder,
1: Matt. Yeah, and I think so. I think I'd fancy Cork to, to get it right.
2: I would, I think it'll you be a tight game. Cork.
1: I do, I fancy Cork. I'm going to go to that. I can't wait to see it actually. It's at the to your point, there should be a good niggle in it. And
2: I think that'd be it'd a, be a cracking and, game. And just to confirm,
1: they can win the league if they can if yeah. they win
2: and Dundalk fail to beat because it's 17 points with seven games to go. So, yeah, if if they were to win they'd be sort of in, you know, 20 points clear. So yeah. a, a point for Zendok wouldn't be enough. So um, it's possible. I mean, would it be flat to win it in Tala? I don't think they really care that much. I think Rovers are sick of team, other teams winning the, the league in Tala, in Tala, of course. Yeah, yeah. they won in Tala, with the advertising hoarding from the sponsor that time, Tala, with the GHT crudely, uh, <laughs> crudely chopped off at the end. Um, but I, I do... I, I, and saying that, I think it might be a draw. I think it could be a really good game. I can see it can be in a draw. I think you can push the, the league The draw's not a bad on.
0: result. Right? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go full go, circle, yeah. so I'm going to There's three different results here. So. Yeah, Rovers home win. Um, I just think they're, they're playing well. And midfield's going to be huge in that game. Um, Finn is is available, I think. Yes, he's going to the next round of the competition. So, uh, yeah, a fascinating game. Now, Dundalk against St. Patrick's. Uh, Pats are actually... They have four teams behind them at the moment, and they're kind of closing in on Limerick and Bows, but they, I suppose, Damo, uh, they've lost Garvin, obviously, and I think the Galway game would be a little bit of a blow for them. I didn't; they weren't great now Friday night.
1: It will be, but I think just I think they're as well off out of it. I know people talk about momentum and stuff of like that. It's a big year for them; they have to stay up. Like if they were to get relegated, it could be pretty dismal. Um, we covered a couple of games for them. I, I really fancy. Him to, I think he's signed some good players with Kill, uh, Killian Brennan coming in. He's been excellent for me. Obviously, the other night sounds like you didn't have a great game. It's a difficult one. This I fancy Pat's to stay up, but I think they'll get beaten by Dundalk on Friday.
0: I think Dundalk will win that. Uh,
2: yeah, I do, but I I think that's a tough one. You know, I I could I, be edging a draw. I, I you know, do, depend- I mean, the, the league. Yeah, the league being decided is not out of the question at all on Friday. I think there there could be a bit of suspense about it. Um, but I thought it was interesting, Kenny, just freshened things up a bit at the weekend you know, he's clearly still conscious of the momentum they've got going in the league. And he wanted to probably get a few lads games and, you know, Grimes played and, you know, Clifford got off the bench and a few others, but Benson and Mountley weren't involved. And uh, I guess you go on their most recent performance with, all, with a full-strength side, it was bashing Derry up and Bunkran. I think if they bring that level to a home game or pass, they should win, but... I, yeah, I'm just still not a hundred percent. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be putting any money on that. You know, they're going to be long odds on anyway. Uh, I think it'd be, it'd be a risky bet at uh, odds on, but just about think they'll get the job done.
0: You're always talking about betting. Um Bowes against goal United. Um, no, my audience, Johnny. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably definitely my favourite Dublin game of the year. Even though I live closer to Inchicore, Uh good selection of craft in the bar.
2: We haven't mentioned craft in weeks, mm-hmm. weeks
0: uh, since I love going to the daily events. Yeah. I
2: hope I hope yeah. it retains that with the new Daily
0: that's yeah. therein lies the question. Uh, I I th- bows are so unpredictable. Actually, they they can really not only results wise, but their performance wise, they can really blow hot and cold. And actually, their home record is not good. Um, now our Daily Mount record, I don't think is great either. But I I I, I fans kind of fancy goal United to get a result here.
1: I think this could be an ugly draw. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think it be that ugly,
0: that but it might be a draw. Yeah,
1: bows. Against Rovers, that's when we covered them. Like they were brilliant. Um, Akinadi was phenomenal up top, and yeah, they're just so hot and cold. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them. But I think to your point, Johnny, Galway coming down to the towards the end of the season, they've good defensive record. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with a draw on that d- d- one. And
0: just for your prediction, then like Galway United are. Uh, Eight behind Bows. So, this is the game that Bows have to lose, I think, to, to kind of be half dragged back into it because they're not fully out of it yet.
2: No, they're still not fully out of it, you know, with 33 points, what, well, with seven games to go.
0: The magic number for Bray earlier this season. Yeah, 33, <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be higher
2: than 33 now. But um, have we figured out what, what's safe? I don't think, I, don't, I actually would need to think about it. I, I, at one point, I did say 33. Bray are still not out is of the woods. Blatantly, blatantly wrong, but I mean, it could be 37, 38. But a, a win
1: for both, like, they are 100% safe. Like, yeah, I you know, think, but well, again, um,
2: they're not going to lose their last the last six games. I think they'll get enough points. It's a bit like Bray when Bray needed one more win and then they're fine. They've yeah. picked up you know, a point here and there. Uh, 38 with Bray are fine. Scalby you know, didn't win hand.
1: and a few people around them won. Yeah, them. yeah, there's a bit of a gap then. So Galway
2: to. are in this cycle where they're clearly a good side, but there's this pressure on them to go Every and win week. games. Every week. And like, you, you just feel like. Um, I, I remember Dundalk got relegated in 2002 when actually you were going from 12 to 10. They won the cup, which would be a strange uh, omen oh, if Galway went that way. They were actually miles clear of the team, the, the bottom two teams, they're a bit different this year. But, I mean, they were more than good enough to stay up because the team they were able to win the cup. Yet, just the last couple of league games when they needed wins, they just couldn't. I don't know. I just worry about Galway being in that cycle where they have to win games to get out of it. Do
0: you it. know much about the new sign and Maher at the back here? Niall
2: is he was a very um, bold and, I mean, not especially. I mean, I, I mean he's, he's played, he's 22, isn't he? He's played a bit a couple, of a pedigree. Yeah, and um, I think there was some chat about whether he was eligible for Ireland at one point, and I think it was established that he, that he wasn't. But like, with a name like Niall Maher, you're sort of assuming I think he's think His, a his Irish grandfather's lad.
0: Tipperary. Well, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I'm
2: not sure about that. But, um, I mean, he, he's reasonable pedigree in, in terms of replacing Grace um, they, they it may well be that they've done the right thing but I'm just a bit worried about your lads just needing to get those wins like Slyga winning in de- Cork do so we have a prediction there?
0: I, I'm going to go for a draw draw demo basis. draw as
2: well mm, draw
0: for me draw yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay so Limerick but, but, and, just on the like, yeah.
1: goal have been down there for so long and we keep saying other oh, our good side they'll come good and they just don't seem to be able to get out because every time you know they they have a good result. Someone else around them will win at some stage. One three of their last you four. You think
2: that Rovers game? If they win that night and, and Sligo lose and Cork, ah, and then the, the That was a, flipped.
0: If they go down, that probably will be the weekend that where it all went wrong. Them, yeah. Like Sligo win and Cork, Christ Almighty, Limerick uh, Harps. Yet again, uh, I can't is,
2: believe McAleer got himself sent off for Harps when this he's this doing, is just like
0: deja vu all over he's again. Such a it? good
2: player from, yeah. and he gets himself sent off another ban. He, that was a straight red for a Haggerty. Not happy. He'll pro- he'll do, he'll do well to avoid the additional. And then all of a sudden, you have this player who's been the revelation. I remember Stevie O'Donnell mentioned him as one of the better players who played against this season, and he could end up missing you know, all in almost 50% of your games in the run-in when you're in a bit of bother. And I would be a bit worried about Harps that they've just, I mean, they're having a great season. Well, we feel that they're having a pretty good season and we've discussed this with Ali Horgan when he was on and yet they're still in the bottom three now
1: worrying and for Limerick if they lose though if you look at where well where they Limerick are. got
2: that big they've, they've won the cup game and they got the win against Bowes and they're still in a worrying position but they've just scraped a couple of wins yeah um, but I
0: think Harps will really struggle if they lose this game
2: oh this is a huge one I mean I actually am going to go for a draw on this one again I think I'm going for draw I'm going Harps draw, win to throw
1: again. Harps win will, will
0: put them up to 30 The only Limerick only a point ahead of them I'm gonna go with the draw. Yeah, I, I find it I, just it's a it's a tricky one. And uh, in the first division, here we well,
2: now listen. You've forgotten something very important here. Now, like Cantwell wouldn't forget this. You know, Connor Morris wouldn't forget this. Joanne Cantwell, Connor Con- Morris. You know, Kerr and all Connor the presenters Morris. can't just be mentioned. In other other. Go, go on, Dan. What are the big games this weekend that you've completely neglected to mention? Like, why is there only why why are these the Premier Division games this weekend?
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I got, a, the I, got a, I
2: got a message today from like Sports Sound in Scotland asking me had I any uh, co- yes like, sorry offer any comment on this weekend's Iron I got, Brew I got it from Cup BBC games. Scotland
0: yeah Iron Brew Cup Games and I was, I was asked to speak about Bray and Sligo and yes. I, was like, I was thinking well Bray this oh, season Jesus texting everyone <laughs> 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 that must have been a group text no, I think he knows me from Twitter yeah. from Racing oh, or well, something okay. so the Iron Brew Cup yeah oh, um, well
2: I mean I don't even know Sligo Rovers are playing Falkirk and Bray are away in Elgin on yeah. Saturday I think but,
0: Sligo are going to put out a, a strong team but it's a, such
2: a weird one I mean because uh, I, I mean, in terms of doing the piece, and I don't know the Scots, the, the, will they think in some bizarre way because their weird perception of Ireland that they're somehow like flattered that this is a big deal for their clubs? You've got Bray. Probably wondering if they have got enough cash, you know. You know, <laughs> to get to the airport. You know, well, they, I think they I think they've got to travel 11s, but like they're gonna be one in in one of these situations here where like you know you Don't get be through. Any food, lads. Looking, yeah, you can't expense the special. old airport breakfast. It'll be a bit out of the,
0: out of the budget. The brain you know? players might never come home. They might do what? Remember, like the African players, like they used to go yeah. to like uh, France, and some of them would just disappear because they wanted to get asylum. Like, yeah, you know?
2: well, I mean, well, where are you gonna go? Like to Inverness, <laughs>
0: seeking asylum in Inverness.
2: But uh, and then Sly have this weird it's this really weird situation where the whole the club's whole fate hinges on staying up and okay Falkirk I think are one of the better sides that are actually in it because uh, they're you know top and it, it's vaguely interesting to see how they match up but really do they want an Iron Brew cup run distracting from the the, the run that so I mean I've, I've no prediction or opinion on the games I just think it's shameful for most of over. have you ever, have you ever
0: the, drunk Iron Brew
2: I haven't no demo. I have
1: yeah I went over to Scotland as a kid I remember it was something I wanted to taste. Did you come back?
2: <laughs> you can I
1: did I went over Kevin's? Actually, we went to see Celtic play. Um, we used to every year go to see a, a game uh, over in Glasgow and taste my first iron brew over
0: there. Are you going to elaborate at all? Like, did you like it or? Uh,
2: it was okay.
0: It was okay. It was okay. I, I think it tastes and looks a bit like kind of rusty water but uh, I have no opinion on oh big fan it.
2: Was, no, it was fine.
0: Big fan of it in Scotland, yeah. yeah. Um, like I think the iconic competition. I think the idea generally
2: of, of mixture between leagues and stuff, I'm sort of in favour of it, you know. It's a bizarre time. But, time but the, the, the big, timing is um, just working out really weird. When the year. big
1: European clubs break away and... All of a sudden, you're going to have to look to that Celtic League to make something interesting. This, this could be of, the this, this could be, be the, the starting point, and we'll all
0: Do look back. To the, the reference d- point that makes it. Do legal you remember in Braveheart it? when the Irish geezer comes up and they have a lovely ah, oh, it's the Irish, you know, and like oh, <laughs> we're on your side all along. Maybe it'd be a fairly tepid affair, and they'd just go all on the beer over there. They would have certainly years ago.
2: Well, they would have years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Bray, the way things have worked out. Um, they, have they to won't be stay, buying they, their own they have to stay two nights uh, <laughs> in, in Aberdeen so um, I mean I feel like uh, you know you had uh, you know you
0: Gary had, McCabe feel free to tweet us a photo of whatever <laughs> goes on over there or maybe not <laughs> at Lone Town against Cove Cabin Te- thanks for the reminder and thanks for the Joanne Cantwell and Des Kern and uh, so forth comparisons Cabin Tealy against Longford uh, UC against Wexford and Shell's return to Waterford where they recently won in the Cup and the Gap in the First Division is seven points at the moment. It looks like Watford are nearly there, but not quite.
2: I should mention Derry-Draud is not on as well because Derry have players in international call-ups. They've got players in the Irish Republic of Ireland on 21 squad and the Northern Irish on 21 squad. And also interestingly, Ryan Delaney is playing for Cork against Shamrock Rovers on Friday and is then travelling on his own out to Baku to play for the Irish on 21s in Azerbaijan how
0: would you go to Baku would be an interesting I've, no idea. It's is one of, I've never been
2: to Baku it's like I've got a handful of UEFA the countries in UEFA I haven't been to like Azerbaijan is one of the the promised few I've never been to like I want to get there Stalin
0: somewhere. lost his first wife there and he was never the same again Really, uh, Baku was a big oil rich place uh, back in the day yeah well, I kind of uh, hope it goes better for the 21s <laughs> over there, anyway. Absolutely. And uh, have you seen the photo of the Brandywell? Uh, it's coming along?
2: Well, I mean, the, the Brandywell, I think, though, the Brandywell project from what I gather, it seems to be a bit of a disappointment. It sounds like a very Irish solution to a stadium building where we build it brick by brick. At one point, like they had the artist's impression of the Brandywell and you had this brand new stand going along the one way of it. It was almost like, you know, and then you see the actual one, the real one now, and it's going to half the size. It's almost like looking at the pictures the hotel puts up on TripAdvisor against putting on the, uh, the guest review. <laughs> and it looks like we're getting closer to the guest review. So, I mean... I actually find it quite underwhelming when I was up at one of the games I stopped looked past it it's great to see work happening I know stuff's happening with the pitch etc etc but uh, I would like if the stand was finished in one go rather than being you know, we just build these stadiums Classic. phased. One,
1: size, one side of the pitch. And you go to these yeah, tidy yeah. stadiums in Lithuania or something that's four-sided, you know. I remember going to Port Vale's ground once and half the
0: stand wasn't finished, but mm. they, they just ran out of money and it was like... Like the old ghost estates yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Damo, it's good to have you back on anyway. Pleasure to be back, lads. Yeah, and uh, I might convince you yet to play a game of Astro because you work very close to our game. Mondays and Thursdays, we're usually looking for players... Give you know, a couple uh, of weeks yeah, just to get back in the training. Yeah, you're not ruling it out totally. No, not ruling it out. Dan is a ringer as well from time to time, a very busy man, obviously. Yes. And um, that's about it for week uh, 28. And uh, thank you very much for listening.